One year up, one year down. How do the Rams and Sean McVay get back to the heights of 2018? Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. I'm your host, Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. You knew that already if you've been listening. Derek, how you doing today? Doing well and excited to talk about the Rams today because this is one of those mystery box teams. Like, are they as good as we thought they were two years ago? Are they able to get back to that level with Jared Goff still being the quarterback? A lot of interesting questions here. Yeah, it really is, and I've said this for, I think, every single one of our NFC West teams. Uh, I'm just really excited about this division, period. I think it's a fun division. I think it's a division that could be the best in football, a lot of offensive firepower, a lot of fantasy firepower here, Uh, so I think it's fun to talk about just all the teams in this division, but today it's the Rams, and to do that, we bring on our new Rams beat writer. She's been with The Athletic for a while now, but moving from the Panthers to the Rams, it's Jordan Rodrigue. Jordan, how are you today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Like we said, this is a a fun team and a team that in the Sean McVay era has been uh, defined by that 11 personnel as your aptly titled podcast about the Rams, 11 (laughs) personnel. Be sure to check that out. Uh, Definitely uh, a good one for Rams and really all football fans. Uh, They've been uniquely suited, of course, to run the 11 personnel. They have three wides out there with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. Cooks, of course, now in Houston, no longer on the team without Cooks. Are they going to be able to keep up that level of 11 personnel this season? Are you going to have to change your show name? Uh, it's funny because <laughs> my editor and I, Rich Hammond, we were just joking about this um, in one of our position analyses because we were thinking, oh my goodness, you know, they were running a lot of 12 personnel at the end of last season because uh, the, they weren't able to establish the run, obviously, with the issues with Gurley, um, injuries to Darrell Henderson. So, you know, it was... A lot of actual 12 personnel, and then Brandon Cooks wasn't really as available as they thought he would be. So we were like, oh my gosh. And then they drafted a tight end, too, this year. We're like, oh my goodness, are we going to have to change the name? But the the emergence of Van Jefferson, I think, is something for people to look forward to this season. He's kind of being described within uh, the Rams circles as uh, a technician. Um, it's not like he's going to take over the Brandon Cooks role per se, but I think they there is such a high level of versatility between himself, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup that they can get some really exciting rotations and exciting sets designed. You know, thinking about this offense, last year Cooper Cup was targeted 134 times, Robert Woods had 139 targets. Is there any room for their roles to actually grow? Could we see 150 maybe as a ceiling or 160 possibly at the highest end for, for one of those guys as the focal point of this offense? Yeah, I think Cooper Cup is just going to continue to expand in his role. And and that's not to say that Robert Woods wouldn't, but Cooper Cup is going to be the guy who, you know, we are expecting him to have some sort of a contract coming up. We are expecting him to really be branded um, within the organization and on the field as that number one receiver option, um, sort of that traditionalist sort of mindset of what a number one receiver is. Now, I do think that there is room for each one of those guys to actually increase their targets because, and, and particularly Cooper, because they people need to remember how out of rhythm they were in a lot of their games last last season. Um, in part, offense, poor offensive line play. Part of it was Goff. Um, part of it was inability to establish consistent, you know, ground game, inability to establish consistent play action. 
And it, they really, really struggled. And then, you know, all three at once, often. And so they really, really struggled to get into that Sean McVay rhythm that we're so used to seeing, that sort of lightning round offense um, that we're used to seeing. And so I think that there is a, a big opportunity for both of those guys um, to, you know, see their targets increase and then also for Van Jefferson to get on, in on the action. Yeah, both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods being treated as big-time fantasy commodities. You're seeing Cup go as a wide receiver one. Woods not too far behind him. Both seem like very strong fantasy bets this year. Uh, Let's move to where there was the biggest change on this team. Gone is Todd Gurley after five years as the team's bell cow, one of the last links uh, to the St. Louis Rams. Of course, his rookie year was when the team was still in St. Louis before making the move back to Los Angeles. This looks like the hardest running back situation to peg from a fantasy perspective. Of course, you've got the second-round pick from this year, Cam Akers, a third-round pick from last year people were very excited about, and Daryl Henderson. And then Malcolm Brown, who's uh, also been there for five years now, still on the team, still on the roster. How is this all going to work in the backfield? Yeah, you know, I'm getting actual serious Ingram Kamara 2017-2018 vibes from this group, really, because I think that they really, really like Cam Akers, and they think he's as pro, about as pro-ready as a running back can be coming out of college. Um, they also really liked what he could do behind a disastrous <laughs> offensive line. So I'm like, oh, great. Um, and so, and so, but but Daryl Henderson is such a talent, and the injury obviously sidelined him. But he's he's good to go now. And we just talked with him a couple weeks ago. And he's going to be completely firing on all cylinders this season. And I think you're going to see his emergence, but it's going to be in tandem with Cam Akers. And I really am getting that um, each guy could have a thousand yards in either the passing game or the run game um, because they're going to utilize them both in complement. And they're going to be sort of this really shifty, versatile one-two situation that uh, we saw was super, super productive with Ingram and Kamara with the Saints back in 17 and 18. Kind of just thinking about the run pass balance a little bit. Todd Gurley had at least 220 carries in each of his five seasons with the Rams. Without Gurley and, and with this Akers Henderson combination, do you think there's more volume overall in the passing game? Yeah, I think that they both offer Jared Goff a, a little bit of a safety valve. I think you're going to see Cam Akers come out of the backfield a lot and and catch passes. And I think He's going to be not only a checkdown option, but he's like a confidence booster. And I, you know, you saw this in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey got added to the the sort of arsenal of weapons for Cam Newton. It's a confidence booster to have a guy like that who can be not just a checkdown, but also a legitimate, can create space, yards after the catch option um, for a quarterback to sort of dump the ball off easier, particularly under duress. So I think you're going to see Cam Akers have have a higher higher volume of catches out of the backfield and then we know Daryl Henderson can do the same so it's it's going to be um, I think very much a safety valve a sort of um, way to have like sort of a baseline option um, for Jared Goff and I think it's going to increase the volume and then it also of course we know having those two guys establish a rhythm, rhythm is going to get them back to that play action um, that sets up the pass that we know Sean McVay loves. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second, and I'll caveat it for you by saying that even in a normal offseason, we would have seen barely any of these guys, uh, especially Akers, just being a rookie. This has been anything but a normal offseason. We haven't seen anyone from any team on the field in any way, shape, or form. But if you had to make a bet right now, would you think that it's Akers or Henderson who ends up having just the better bottom line yards from scrimmage touchdown numbers? 
I think Akers. Um, I, you know, Daryl is coming off the injury, and I know they want to get Cam Akers really, really involved. But like, if you're if you're talking in fantasy options, I really don't think you can go wrong with either of them in terms of production. But I do think Akers is going to be sort of your like number one back kind of option in that regard. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think, as, as Beller said, it's just one of those situations that most people are struggling to get a good read on as they prepare for their drafts. Uh, one of the big surprises down the stretch last season was the play of, of Tyler Higby. He just exploded over the last five weeks, caught 43 passes on 56 targets, had 522 yards, two touchdowns. It's kind of like Kelvin Johnson in his prime sort of production. Um Clearly, he's not going to hold that sort of value week in and week out, but do you see him really emerging as a top five or top seven tight end in the league? And, and how does he uh, continue to produce at that clip as long as Gerald Everett is uh, on this roster? I would say top seven for sure. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go top five yet on him just because it was a late rise and then you have to, un- you have to like carry that production year over year. I think something that's going to help Tyler Higby, um, even in complement with Gerald Everett, is it's going to take a minute for Van Jefferson to get up to speed without having the ability to work out with anybody. Um, Van has still had, has had to stay in Florida. They've had different guidelines in some other states and hasn't been able to get together with these guys to work out in California. Um, and so... He, he is at a little bit of a delay, like most players are in the league, particularly rookies, because of um, the coronavirus situation. So it's going to take him a minute to kind of get up to speed. And in that way, I think they lean on guys like Higby, lean on guys like Cooper Cup, like Robert Woods, um, lean on Gerald Everett, like maybe see a little more, like we said, like a little more 12 personnel early in the season, um, particularly to get some of those rookies up to speed. And so I think that bodes well for, for Higby. The one thing I would caution is the Rams themselves weren't completely convinced that he could do, you know, the year over year top seven tight end production because there is an out in his contract after this year. So he got the extension and that's great. They're like, yay, you produced. But also in case you stop, we have an out. So I I caution people in terms of like buying high on him because um, I think he's going to have a great season. But there also is the the very off chance that, you know, maybe he doesn't, and then there's an out in the contract. So, um, you know, I do think you're going to see a lot of him early on. Yeah, the one thing I look at when I consider his strong finish to the year, those 56 targets, that's a little bit better than 11 per game over that five-game stretch. It has to be said that Gerald Everett missed a couple of those games. Brandon Cooks was injured for a few of those games. We already talked about the volume that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are going to command in this offense. So how realistic is his target floor what sort of realistic week-to-week volume are we expecting to see for him this year yeah you know I could see you know three to five being his target floor um you know because there are so many mouths to feed on that offense it's a little tough to say and and, you know they they will still love to run their 11 personnel once Van Jefferson sort of comes along in his development so it, it is tough to say I think that Tyler Higby you'll see him a lot more at the beginning of the season as they work to sort of assimilate Van Jefferson to the offense. Because like I said, they really do want to see big things out of him early on. Lots of production. They obviously want to get Cooper Cup and Robert Woods the ball as much as possible. And and then Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson will be catching passes out of the backfield as well. But Tyler Higby, I think, has developed so much rapport with Jared Goff, um, particularly over the last 
uh, 12 months or so in term, and, and then they have developed so much of a rhythm together that he's also going to be a safety valve of sorts for Jared Goff in this offense. And he's also going to be um, someone that I think you see featured more heavily in the beginning of the season, just because they will be trying to bring along a couple of other key rookies in their offense. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It gets off to a fast start and then the roll sort of tapers off as the season rolls along. Uh, you mentioned Goff after a breakout season in 2018. He fell in a pretty big way across the board in 2019. I think the most troubling drop was the why the YPA is down from 8.4 to 7.4. Uh, the touchdown rate was down. Interception rate was up as well. How do the Rams get him back on the same trajectory that he was on coming out of that 2018 season? Yeah, so a lot of a lot of the things that the Rams have done this offseason have been golf specific in, in one way or another. And, and one thing is bringing in Kevin O'Connell at offensive coordinator. And Kevin O'Connell is not just going to help Sean McVay design the offense. He's also going to sort of be directly the one who's working with Jared Goff um, and helping him take that next step in his growth and, and in his development. And what Kevin O'Connell wants from Jared is for him to take more ownership of the offense, to not just sort of be in the headset um, thinking, okay, this is what coach is saying, so this is what I'm going to do. You know, in that gap of time when the headset shuts off before the play, they're going to want Jared Goff to trust his own eyes and to know what he's seeing and to really be able to execute in a variety of different ways based on what he is seeing and the confidence to do so. And that's sort of the next step in, in Jared's growth process here. The other thing is they have built pieces around him that I think will be helpful to him. And I mentioned what Christian McCaffrey was able to do to help Cam Newton a couple years ago. I think Cam Akers is in a similar role of being a safety valve, being a confidence booster, being a guy who can provide the check down option um, at times, who can help establish a rhythm, who can help set up the play action, who is, is just a very, very steady, eddy, consistent, uh, just in case, and also obviously will be the first read sometimes. But um, that that's something the Rams want to do, um, is get more pieces around him that can give him that safety valve. Rams definitely one of those more interesting teams in the league. Is it the 2018 version? Is it the 2019 version? Is it somewhere in between? We're going to have a lot of fun in the fantasy world with this entire NFC West division. That's the Rams and our new Rams beat writer, Jordan Rodrigue. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Be sure to check out Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. It's J-O-U-R-D-A-N-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E. And also, as we talked about, check out 11 Personnel, our Rams podcast with Jordan and Rich Hammond. And hey, get yourself a good landscaping service. Sounds like Jordan's got herself one also. <laughs> uh, if you're not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can get a free 30-day trial at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper. And Jordan Rodrigue, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow.